0: It's Steve-O from the Four Eye Radio Network, and I'm here to talk to you about RevengeLover.com. It is a great place to get logos, sponsors, artwork, t-shirts, anything and everything you need artwork design-wise. This is the place to go. Uh, you go to RevengeLover.com. You can check out samples. Uh, go ahead and get inquiries and fi- find something that's pretty much fits you, or even get you know some commission-based stuff done. So again, go to www.revengelover.com.
1: Hey, this is Mike and Tom from Ballpark Bros. You're listening to another great show on the 4-Eyed Radio net. Check us all out on 4 Radio.com.
0: Hello, kids, and welcome to a brand-new episode of the Longboxcast. I'm Stevo, and Kyle isn't here this week, but that's all right, because we have a guest. Ooh, that's right. Uh, we have someone who's going to come on that actually uh, he posted something on Twitter, and I was like, oh, I'm going to hit this up and see what happens, and it worked. So... Sit back and relax and get ready for our uh, mystery guests. Ooh, yes, I'm teasing that right now before the intro, kids, I know. So, uh, And then we'll get this uh, episode started. All right, and we are back, and I know all you guys were thinking, wow, that intro did not take that long. Who is who is the mystery guest? Well, I am going to let him introduce himself, because that's how classy I am. I like it when people get to talk, so without further
1: ado... The man who needs no introduction, except when he introduces himself, <laughs> uh, it's Nick Filardi, uh, colorist extraordinaire, I've uh, been coloring comics since about... Oh three, oh four. Uh so I've been doing it a long time. It's like five issues a month for like the last god, like fifteen years. Oh, so wow. chances are if you've read comics in the last like fifteen years, you have some of my comics. Oh that
0: that is <laughs> tremendous. Yeah. So so Nick, yes, uh Nick was actually it was cool. Uh I think my friend, um or I shouldn't say friend, but one of the another person on another podcast on the network, he saw your uh Twitter and I was like, Oh, okay, let me go ahead and you know send him a tweet see what happens and you literally got back to us like right away like oh yeah definitely you just like had this like tweet out going like oh yeah if you're got a comic book podcast you want to talk comics or whatnot i was like oh yeah because we've been just trying to get more and more guests on and the funny part is is like my kyle he's like in another state as well so it's like we do the skype thing anyway so it was like perfect like we know it works we can record it so done but so the big question i would like to ask you nick is sure. okay, what got you into uh coloring, like and being a colorist and stuff like that? Like did you just always wanted to draw or did you just fall into or you're just like, No man, I just like I was really big okay. into coloring. <laughs>
1: there's there's like an artistic loose answer to this, and then there's like the real life shit answer to this. <laughs> which 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 would you like? <laughs> you know what? I say do man, uh which one which one do you not give out the most? Uh I mean I usually I you, people want the real life shit but if you want I mean the real answer is that like coloring is fulfilling to me and like uh it's artistically interesting and I also I have very little patience in real life and I feel like uh so much of making art requires a lot of patience Mm. so when you when you start to like draw a page i went to art school i went to savannah college of art and design and the real life answer is uh crippling student loans uh (laughs) but yeah i went to savannah college of art and design and uh i was drawing and and making these little comics but they were uh like quick one-offs like i didn't have the the full patience to sit down and be like okay i'm gonna draw a deadpool page and it's gonna have proper perspective and like you know regular anatomy i'm just like i'm fucking around you know like (laughs) that's kind of my approach to comics okay and so uh when you do something like that you can only really pencil and ink like maybe one page a day Mm. maybe maybe and with coloring, I can do five pages a day. I never sit at a blank page, which, like, motivates me intensely. And so, you know, I, I just, like, kind of found my niche where I belonged within the comic book community. Oh, that's great. Cool. Uh, and I also, uh, when, like I said, when I got out of school, I had this crippling student debt, and I needed to pay bills, and my most, like, marketable skill was coloring. My palette was really good. Uh, and nobody wanted to buy my like weird fricking comics I was making at the <laughs> time. <laughs> so I, it's weird. Cause like, this was, this was 2004 when I got out of school. Okay. And, uh, I feel like if the comics like landscape was what it is now back then, maybe I could have found an audience for that stuff. But, uh, oh, yeah. back then it was still like the comics landscape in 2004 for anyone who doesn't realize like were still, like, kind of fresh off the 90s. So uh, there was still, like, loosely Marvel was talking, like, house style and DC was talking house style. And if you didn't fit in there, there wasn't really a place for you. And Image was around, but they weren't, like – they weren't making – they weren't what they are now. Yeah. You know? So they were kind of struggling at the time. And, like, the only really, like – Big uh, third-party, like you know, publishers were like Dark Horse, and then maybe like Oni and Slave Labor and Top Shelf. Oh to like, yeah, yeah. make You weren't gonna pay the rent from like Oni, Slave Labor, and Top Shelf at the time, so it's. I got out and I was like, "Oh my god, I need a job." I've just been trained to do comics for four years, and <laughs> what I, do I do? You know, like, <laughs> yeah, what do I do? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, especially, yeah, like especially you
0: said the media and stuff of like that because I'm thinking like, yeah, 2004, um, like it's like especially like even like you doing your own like web comics at that time, like it, like web comics back then
1: weren't as how they are today. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it, you. Back then, if you weren't Penny Arcade, you weren't making money doing web comics. Mm-hmm. I, I basically had the option of like, I could try to do web comics and then work a day job, or I could try to market myself as a colorist as the day job. And this is what I tricked myself into is like, <laughs> oh, I'll just do coloring as the day job and work on my stuff at night. And then what happened was I got into coloring, and what I didn't realize was that in any avenue of comics, everything is on fire all the time. Like, <laughs> <laughs> everything everything needs your attention constantly you cannot just freelance be your own boss and be like i got all the time in the world like yeah. cuz you will you if you care about the product you will spend that time working on the product
0: oh no yeah i i totally agree on that one so um, so it's funny though like being a colorist cuz i'm actually i'm actually colorblind Oh, yeah? So, like, it's funny to me where, like, when I was – I used to do, like, web comics, nothing, like, major or anything big. It was just, like, I did a little bit of artwork. But, like, when I was trying to color, I literally had to grab other people's artwork and then use that little tool, like, the eyedropper to be like, this is the skin color. This is, and this yeah, is this, yeah, yeah. Like, You're
1: pulling out the uh, CMYK values in there. Exactly, yeah. The CMYK, wow, I haven't heard that in, like, a long time. Oh, my God. <laughs> so uh. – is there anything I can do to make your comic experience better? Like, is there anything that, like, have you been reading anything where you're like, man, this comic just feels, like, gray and bland? Uh, actually, no. Like, nothing like nothing like that. It's funny, though. With, are you red-green or are
0: you blue-orange? I'm uh, red-green. Yeah. Uh, so, so, like, uh, Deadpool is just a gray mess. Actually, no. Like, I can see, like, red... Um, it's yeah. just, like, certain, like, color, it's very weird, like, it was, it was actually funny, so there's a video game, the video game Destiny, they actually had yeah. colorblind setting on it, Yeah. and I literally, like, instead of saying, like, what, like, you can't see on it, it was all, like, uh, it gave you these names, I'm like, I'm color, I've been colorblind my whole life, I've never even heard of this, I had to go online and look it up and be <laughs> like, oh, I guess I'm this kind of colorblind, I didn't know there was a fancy name, so, honestly, with like comics and stuff like that, it doesn't really like I know like what's what like I'm like, I know Spider-Man's red and blue and the things like that. But it's like
1: so so, like Deadpool versus the Hulk. You're not like in the weeds. (laughs)
0: No, no, no. Like I can I know. But but I'm wondering like my my Hulk when I see him, his green, like everyone else is seeing like a different green or something like that. That's what I'm curious about. Um, but I don't know. I don't know if they have, like, colorblindness for uh, colorists where they're all like, well, right. there's some of the uh, – I might be something to look in. Maybe we, maybe we can coin the market on this or something. I don't know. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> colorblind
1: comics. I'm into it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Start a revolution. Right. Oh, then we'd really piss, like, collectors off and be like, well, here's the standard issue, but here's the colorblind issue. Here's the and
1: colorblind like, <laughs> issue. <laughs> like, it's Wait. one per case. It's very hard to get. <laughs> I, so, oh, I love uh, it. <laughs> One of the things, speaking of messing with collectors, uh, Mike Oming and I worked on a series with Dark Horse uh, called The Victories. Okay. And it had a very like grungy, kind of like homemade feel to it. And it, uh, so because of that, I got to use a lot of texture brushes. Oh. And one of the things that I used to do was uh, I got like a little thumbprint brush. And so I just like, On the cover, I just like boop a little thumbprint in the corner so that it looked like the guy who was like unpacking these books, like, like, you know, just ate lunch and then put all the books on the stand so that nothing was near mint. (laughs) Oh, that's amazing. (laughs) Oh jeez. Yeah, yeah. So I I haven't like the series uh didn't do as well as we thought it was going to do. So I haven't I haven't signed a whole lot of them, mm-hmm. but I am dying to see like what these things get CGC graded as. <laughs> oh, that that is true. That is aw- that's amazing. I didn't
0: even think of- okay, yeah. that wow, you just made me – so curious about that now. Like you guys played that little does this happen a lot in like the comic book field? Like do people add certain things to
1: stuff I mean, just to like I'm always thinking of like how people uh take the medium in there's there's a lot of especially with coloring because uh coloring gets affected by like what kind of paper you use like uh for example uh i work on this book with oni called heartthrob um that everyone should pick up uh it's a it's a little book it's a romance book uh it's great we'll get into that later but uh the trade got printed it's set in the nineteen seventies oh, and the trade got printed on like a uh kind of like nineteen seventies like paper it's it's um it's soaked in like less of the ink than your normal glossy comic does okay, so the single issues came out with like vibrant color and then the the trade looks like a little more dull because oh. of it um uh, so you get a different experience. With, with like whatever you end up buying. You buy the single issues and you're getting that like full glossy like uh, saturated color. You pick up the trade and you get like a slightly duller more authentic 70s experience. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, that's so, kind of cool. I- yeah, because of that, I feel like my job uh, and doing coloring in general, when you work in, in black and white and you're just like banging out the pages, really your black and whites never really change. Like you you make the art, you pass it along, and you're kind of done. But with coloring, it's like the last visual thing for the, for the comic book before the letterer comes in and, and like marries the letters to the art. So I'm always thinking about like, how to create the best experience for the reader at the time, and how to manipulate the experience. Oh, um, and what we we're doing with the victories, like messing with the CGC graders, is uh, one of those examples. <laughs> and I, for the record. I think that comics should be read and not hermetically sealed in a vault and, you know, tucked away. I I like whenever uh, I sign comics at shows, um, I love it when a comic comes up that is that somebody asks me to sign that's like visibly loved, Mm. you know, like you can tell like as soon as you touch it, you can tell if it's like this near mint thing or like something that's been like kicking around in a backpack for a while, you know?
0: Yeah. Or just like, you can tell like it's been open m- multiple times. It's right, been red, right. It's been yeah. like passed around. And that's, that's actually kind of cool. Cause usually I know a lot of people are like, Oh, I got this in mint condition. I mean, I love collecting comics. I mean, one of the biggest things to me, I was yeah, just getting a lot of the, the trade paperbacks,
1: you know, just so I could read yeah. the story. Um, but it's no slight against the collectors. I mean, like everybody loves comics for different reasons mm-hmm. and I would never try to like, you know, Right on the parade of anyone who was buying comics and enjoying them. I'm just saying, for me, I like my comics red.
0: <laughs> no, I totally, I totally get that because, like, um, like I don't like most of the time you don't have time to go out and get those, like, you know, every single issue of those comics and stuff like that. But you sometimes get sure. that rare one. And you're like, okay, cool, you know. But it is kind of one of those things where it's like. People are like, oh, did you ever read this? Be like, no, I can't read it. It's a collector's yeah, item. And stuff it's like a that. collector's item. And they're like, <laughs> what, you didn't even bother to read it? like, no, I'll just wait till the, you know. The... I,
1: speaking of, like, picking up issue ones and twos and then picking up trades, mm-hmm. like, I know that that that's part of the comics culture now. A lot of people are doing that. And, and I'm guilty of it, too. But I will say that, like, the way that the industry works and the way that people look at numbers... Um, it's weird because comics is the only industry where like this is it's it's absolutely insane how they want you to buy comics, like how you have to take a code into your local store, okay. your diamond code and be like, OK, I would like to pre-order this four dollar item <laughs> with this code. It's like total fucking madness. Oh, that's weird. But- yeah, yeah. When you think about it, you're like, this doesn't work for any other industry ever, you yeah, know? Yeah. Uh, so, my point is, is that like when you go in and you don't pre-order and you just buy the single issues and you're like, oh, I'm just gonna get issue one and then pick up the trade. Mm-hmm. What that that doesn't give the retailer any information to the success of the comic. And I've been on a lot of books over the years where, like, for example, um, I did uh, Howling Commandos of Shield. With uh, Brent Schoonover and Frank Barbary, and it was a monster shield book okay. and we gave them uh, I think a better comic than they were expecting and we did uh, we had a pretty good run, and our numbers were were decent, but like not really holding mm-hmm. and so we got to the point where we finished the first arc we did six issues, and then like down to the last minute, we were soliciting uh we were making a cover for number seven and had the the plug pulled. Oh, wow. It, uh, yeah, like Brent had uh, penciled and was starting to ink and they were sending it over to me and they were they were like, okay, what do we want to do for this cover? And then like right at the last minute, like the day before the cover was due for me, they were like, actually, we're not going to do it. Oh, because wow. the, just the numbers weren't there. So if you if you love a and I, I mean don't do this for you know obviously every comic ever. Like I'm not I'm not saying everyone should pre-order everything and champion it always. <laughs> what I'm saying is is like if you have a comic that's coming out that you really love and you pre-order the first issue and you like love it, the best thing you can do for that comic and that creative team is to keep putting it in your pull box and to encourage other people to do the same like the trades are awesome and you know like I buy I buy a ton of trades um, cuz I don't have time to read comics regularly but <laughs> yeah. the time I get around to stuff usually it's in trade already so but you know if you're if you're a person who's going to the shop every single week and picking up trades Uh, you're, and, and then you're like, why was this canceled? Yeah. Like that's, that's the reason it's because the, the, you know, the retailer couldn't tell like, you know, Oh, this is successful. This isn't successful. You know, by the time we solicit for issue six, like maybe one or two. Two, maybe three issues were out and mm-hmm. if the third issue dipped in quality so far you know by the time we issue, we start to make a solicitation for issue 7 like the books are already DOA you know yeah yeah you can't you can't save it you
0: know Oh, that's so okay. That's crazy. I'm. I'm. This is awesome because I like this kind of stuff. I I always get like the inside track on like how kind of things work, and that's like yeah. That is. I was always curious about that. It's, where like you're reading a comic, you really like it, and the next thing you know, it's like oh, it's been canceled. Like it's like right. to me, you're like okay, like you're like that sucks, but like that's all you can do like for as the so, reader. Like, but how yeah, does it work you, for you guys when you're like almost like maybe halfway through something, and they're like oh, we're pulling right, the plug exactly. on this, and you're like okay, what do we do?
1: Like right now, I'm working on uh, the realm with Jeremy Hahn and Seth Peck. It's gonna be an upcoming image title. Uh, we have three issues in the can right now. I'm working on uh, a Skybound project uh, with six issues in the can. and like so we're we're like and the, these are gonna run, the Skybound run's gonna gonna be twelve issues, and I think the realm's gonna be ongoing. but like you know if we if we're working like three or four months ahead mm-hmm. and we're trying to anticipate the numbers that we get, And the numbers don't look good. Like we're going to pack it up and go somewhere else. Cause it's just (laughs) like not effective to, you know, like at the end of the day, like I need to pay my crippling student loan debt. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like it, it all circles back. Oh that. man, I'm, I I think
0: that's gonna be the hashtag this week. Hashtag right, crippling right. student loan debt. Um, At the end
1: of the day, crippling student loan debt. Yeah, crippling
0: <laughs> student loan debt. I like it. Um. Okay. No. That. Yeah. That's very. Fa- I like that kind of stuff because I'm always like everybody else always gets to see just like oh the book didn't do well or the book's doing well or whatnot um speaking of like not right. being able to read comic books right now like i know like you're working and you're like oh sometimes i go to... what is something that like i guess what is what was maybe the first comic book that got you into comic books or like a character or something that you were just like oh my god this is amazing
1: uh probably todd McFarlane's spider-man followed up by eric Larson's spider-man oh, in nice. like the 90s yeah yeah uh, that stuff like blew my mind. I speaking of comics that were beat up in a backpack, I still have my issues, and they I carried them around with me all the time. Oh, nice! <laughs> and, and they are beat to shit. Let me tell you. Uh, have you so, gotten Todd to
0: sign the one Spider-Man? He's
1: like, why are you making me sign this? Look at this. <laughs> no, I haven't. I haven't seen him at shows. I I uh, and usually when I'm at shows, I'm working a table anyway, yeah. so I don't I don't get a whole lot of time to walk around. But I would love to get him to sign it. Uh yeah, I think the the arc that I picked up was uh torment was Ooh, what it was called. Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, and like that stuff, and then the um uh Batman nights end nights quest uh the whole where Bane breaks his back. Oh yeah, yeah, and yeah. And Ezreal takes up the mantle of the Bat and then goes off the rails. Goes and off the rails gotta, yeah. And batman got like him in. Like that that whole arc. That's actually. I haven't seen the third Christopher Nolan Batman movie. Cause they were like, they're doing Bane and he's going to kick Batman's ass. And you know, like <laughs> I was like, they cannot do this. Like, even if it is like a, a, Twelve hour movie like shot for shot, I'm I'm still not gonna be happy. You know,
0: no, I yeah, they had to do their own version with that, with the the rise. Yeah. I mean, the stuff does I mean, so the movie's been out for a while, so spoiler alert people, if you're like, Whoa, I can't <laughs> believe you ruined this for me. And if you haven't read that comic book at all, yes, in the movie Bane does break quote unquote Batman's back. Yeah. Um I'm I'm just, just very surprised with the voice that like Tom Hardy
1: picked for Bane. Yeah. See, there's nothing I mean. I get it. He's making an artistic choice. Yes. Like, I'm an I'm an artist as well. Like you know, it's fine for what it is. Like I understand, but like no artistic choice anyone could make on that film would leave me like as a satisfied viewer. You know, because <laughs> yeah. I'm too close to the source material. I actually find that like that is true of most comic book movies. I know this is kind of like sacrilege but like most most comic book movies i kind of leave and i'm like eh, like because i i've been reading like weird comic books for so long that i'm like i i don't want like a grounded iron man story i want like a fucking weird iron man story (laughs) you know like i i want the character to go in places that like i haven't seen it before you know Mm. and like when we do when it's just like Iron Man military shooty stuff. I'm just kind of like, eh. Yeah.
0: Basically like when they try to, now that's a good point. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love like the movies. I love the comic books. I basically, I used to have like a really, like, I think the movie that broke me was Spider-Man three. Yeah, where I love (laughs) I love (laughs) I love the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man because that was like my first like, you know, movie Spider-Man. So like the first one was good. Second one was amazing. Then you're getting pumped for the third one. And you kind of it kind of I kind of left like it was it was like a bad date with like a hot chick. Yeah, like I was driving home going like we have nothing in common, but she's really hot. Yeah, like yeah, so oh,
1: maybe, maybe I want to get another shot, I'll check that out again, I don't know.
0: it was one of those weird feelings. I mean, retrospect when I rewatched it it's not a it's not a great movie, but it's also not a bad movie, but I totally understand yeah. what you're saying where like you read like so many things of like everybody doing stuff, you know, like you'll see. Like, you know, like spider Man's Secret War, like we're never going to get like if they try right. to get that in a movie, you're not going to get it right. You're going to have to, like, take the idea right. and do something for the movie. And I totally like, get that. It. Yeah.
1: it. Yeah. I mean, even Captain America Civil War, which was a decent movie, mm-hmm. is not what the comic <laughs> yes. was. You know, they're like, they're like, it's a civil war. We've got eight guys and it's like this isn't a. this is like you know this is Michael Jackson there's more bad guys yes. in Michael Jackson's bad video <laughs> than there is in Civil War you know yes no and, that, and
0: like I get it they were trying to I mean Civil War 2 series was just starting at that time they wanted to use the name yeah, they I wanted mean, to combine I I, I get it I'm Marvel
1: not, I'm not faulting Marvel I mean they know what they're doing marketing wise and they they introduced Black Panther which was awesome yeah and like you know I, you know it's a good movie it's just it's not what i as a comic book reader it's not what i want
0: yeah because you you're know? expecting like the whole like the whole reason behind it because the registration act was like you know no one knew who yeah, anybody yeah. was and like captain's like no you're giving away people's personal information this is not american sure. la, la 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 so that's like that storyline in the comics and this one it was just all like tony stark fucked up again let's all
1: <laughs> <laughs> let's all fix it I guess like I love
0: I love like Robert Downey Jr. as uh, Iron Man and stuff but I love how it's like every it to me I just compared like Tony Stark now and the Marvel is like Barry Allen and the Flash TV show where it's all like everything is created because you did something that's like yeah that's, right. like, like right. if you guys just didn't do anything the world would be safe like yeah it's yeah. like and I it's just like him sitting in a couch drinking like a a coffee going like uh, I think I'm just gonna stay at home
1: today. And it's like credits, and you're like, oh, <laughs> there's no conflict in the this vi- movie. The okay. Vision should put him under house arrest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh,
0: yeah. Uh, but actually, curious about movies and stuff like that. Is there been like a movie that you've seen that you're like, oh, okay, I, I I would never think they would do this. Or is there a movie where you're just like, God, this was like, like maybe a movie that you like everybody else loves that you saw and you were just like, no. This
1: was bad. I mean, there's a lot of that. <laughs> there's a lot I, of that? My, my fiancé, she says I'm I'm cynical and, and like, jaded. But <laughs> the thing is, is, like, I just – I know what I want at this mm-hmm. point. And I feel like uh, – uh, did, did you see the uh, TV show Legion? No, I haven't been a chance to watch that yet because I, I – Legion is good. was, like, perfect. Exactly. What, like, straight to the weird stuff. Like, I want to feel off-kilter. I want to feel, like – I want to have like an emotional reaction to it and uh I think I feel like uh despite uh Paul Rudd being as charming as ever like uh I feel like Ant-Man mm-hmm. was like a sleeper hit for me like out of all the Marvel movies I feel like Ant-Man's my favorite which pe- give people like they're kind of like what? Okay. <laughs> Honestly I I kind of agree with you
0: cuz Ant-Man I I I thought it was great cuz literally when they ca- when they said they're doing an Ant-Man movie I'm like oh really yeah. with uh with hank i'm like wasn't he like an alcoholic and stuff and they're like oh no right, michael right. douglas
1: playing the older one i'm like oh okay they're doing sky yeah, i'm like yeah, oh yeah. i'm like okay i'm on I, board but,
0: but i like because it, it was like a heist
1: movie the only thing that doesn't fly for me in ant-man was like paul rudd's supposed to be this like bad degenerate father in it like he's supposed to be you know like back on child support whatever but he's like paul rudd himself is so fucking charming <laughs> that you're just like he shows up and you're like can't blame him. Yeah. Like, whatever. You know, like, like that's so all right. He never feels like, he he never feels like a bad guy to his family, mm. and I, f- I feel like that's what the movie's trying to push, but that's the only, like, missed mark, I feel like, in that whole movie. And the movie is like a heist movie. It's not a superhero movie.
0: Yeah, that's what I liked about it, because, like, halfway through it, I'm like, man, this is a really good heist movie. And then I was like, yeah, it's a superhero movie. I'm like, I don't really care. Um, I'm going to be honest. Uh, so usually with me, I would say this, you know, how you're like, ah, oh, nothing's up to my standard because I used to be like that. Like, I set the bar really low now, but I, I do a lot of... Uh, I do a lot of centering myself with, uh, yeah. so let's just say, like, some uh, some of that. Yeah. So uh, that helps out a lot when I go to movies, sure. and, I a, and I have a blast now. So I'll leave movies going, like, that was pretty good, you know? Like, I can never yeah, do mean, this. Like,
1: I, <laughs> Look, if you're talking about loving some schlock, like, yes, I, I will love some terrible, terrible movies. So, okay, uh, so my uh, – one of my friends, uh, one of my oldest friends who actually got me into comics, like, we were reading comics as kids – Uh, we were bonding over, uh, I don't know if you remember Joe Quesada and Jimmy Palmiotti's uh, ash from event comics in the nineties. You are totally forgiven. If you don't remember this, Oh my God. I want to say I do, but I'm like, then geez, he's like a firefighter who gets like superpowers, like controls fire or something. I can't even really remember. Oh my God. Okay. It was like, it sounds so familiar. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, he and I bonded over Ash and like waiting for, I think it was like issue six to come out and it took like six months to come out. And then it was like mostly text and we were furious, you know? <laughs> so he, I send him a, I send him bad movies cause he made the mistake of letting me know his address. And now every time I'm on Amazon, I'll send him terrible, terrible movies. Like, I ax- I bought a vampire motorcycle and uh, <laughs> like like just like gargoyle is, is a great one if you haven't seen gargoyle it was made in like the late 70s early 80s and it's about like this detectives trying to solve these murders that are committed by a gargoyle <laughs> and they take a flamethrower down into the nest it's very like oh my we, god it's terrible that's it's terrible awesome. but it's so good the gargoyle's all like claymation and like 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 that's the kind of stuff i like like oh I, that's awesome i it's not that i'm not getting excited about stuff it's just that like the stuff that I like now, like I've, I've like zeroed in on what I want and what I want is like, it's either going to be like, if it's going to take itself serious, it has to like, you know have a message have like a motivation it has to you know knock it out of the park and if it's gonna not take itself serious it's got to be like the most entertaining crazy shit i've ever seen you got to give me something i haven't seen before
0: yeah yeah okay so were you a fan were you a fan of mystery science theater 3000 then oh yeah okay okay i see that's like those are some of the bad like those movies and i totally get but i have have a question for you then you want to send a bad movie to him yeah have you heard have you heard of the room
1: I mean, of course, everyone's heard of. The
0: okay, room. Uh, no, hey, you'd be surprised. I bring that up, and people are yeah. like, "What are you talking about?" Then I'm like, oh, "Come with me," and I have to show them this, and then they go, oh, man, "Why the did you make me is, watch
1: this?" The room is a is a piece of work. It's a, for sure. It
0: is yes. It's 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 it's, it's as bad as close as to like a masterpiece as it's close to like a dog turd. It's it's one of these oh, weird yeah. films where you're like you're like I don't know why you went in this direction, but
1: genius like. Right, yeah, and that's the thing. If it's so bad that it's good, I'll watch it. I'm in. Okay, Have you seen like the Samurai like, Cop movies then? What's that? The Samurai Cop, have you seen that? Oh, no, I haven't seen Samurai oh, Cop. Oh, okay. it's, it's actually, it's on the list, my Amazon wish list of dumb shit to send Jason. <laughs> okay, yeah. No, you want to you mess with
0: him? Send him Samurai Cop 2. Yeah,
1: that's Cause, on the list. Because I'll put that's it this way. List.
0: I didn't watch the first one. I just watched the second one because yeah. the guy who created the room, Tommy Wiseau, is in it. Oh really? Yeah, he has a he's a, like um it's like I thought it was a bit part. He's a main part in that movie and it's wow oh, it's, I didn't
1: know that. Oh, it's great. That, but that I, one just shot up to the top of the list. So <laughs> me
0: and my buddy we do that. We watch these bad movies and then we'll talk about it on, like another podcast with stuff. But like we watched the second one without watching the first one. We sat there going like there seemed to be a backstory that we probably should have watched first. He's like, well, no, why did no, we start with the second not. one? No, oh, it's it's great though because when you have nothing going on, we literally go like I have no idea what that movie's about, but it was still great. Like yeah yeah. yeah. Yeah,
1: I yeah. And that's the thing, too, is like, uh, I think because of, you know, like I work in an artistic field and, you know, people experiment and they try things and sometimes people, uh, you know, get in over their head. That's like a very common thing is when people start making anything artistic, whether it's comic books or movies or whatever, like. People can just get in. They can be like, I'm going to do this thing and it's going to look like this. And then they don't have the resources. They don't have the time because they don't have the experience to realize that they need all these things. Yeah. And so you end up with these kind of like weird deedless horror movies where like people were like – there's like a gem of an idea that they just could not execute on. Yes. And, and yeah, that's the sweet spot. That's the good stuff. Yeah. (laughs) I love,
0: I I basically, I love those kind of movies where, you know, like the production ran out and they have to use stock footage from something else. And then it's like, Oh, how come
1: the monster isn't in the movie anymore? You know, two movies that that got like half made that they just were like we're just going to edit these together in some kind of fashion and (laughs) it'll it'll be a regular movie yeah uh so actually speaking of which has that ever happened with
0: like comics where like you start working on something they're like this isn't working but this idea isn't working let's combine it and then you start covering going like this doesn't make any sense
1: (laughs) i think the equivalent of that as far as coloring goes like there's there's i'm sure when it's at the early stages with writing that there's a lot of like scrapped ideas that get ported into into other things uh but with coloring the only equivalent is like when something with usually with uh marvel and dc but with a lot of other companies as well like something gets solicited it's got to hit its date and you know the artist is falling behind and you get like a another artist i think the worst offender i had was a like an arkham book i think oh, okay. had three different artists in 22 pages oh wow and yeah so i was i was coloring this and, and i like set up this tone and then the art just like 180 degrees the other direction into like this cartoony thing and i was doing this like grungy yeah yeah like thing, and i was like I guess I'm going to try to grungy on this. And it was like, kind of not work. It was like square peg round hole. Oh my and, God. You know, like, yeah, it didn't, it, it didn't go well. I mean, and you know, the editors, they, they know when it's like getting off the rails like this too. And you know, they're apologetic, but like sometimes, and the reality is like, sometimes this stuff can just cannot be helped, you yeah. know, like sometimes, you know, you solicit something, it's got to come out cause it, it like dovetails into like these other books and you know somebody gets sick or somebody gets hurt or whatever you know like i'm not saying that people were blowing deadlines because they were just playing video games yeah Uh, yeah. there's there's because at that level usually there's like actual professionals working who work every day uh but you know sometimes you just can't help it
0: yeah i mean i understand that like that's what i always tell people like life happens like especially like doing like the yeah. the, the podcast stuff like people like hey i can't make it tonight i'm like dude i'm like take care of that you know take care of what's important like the uh, we were gonna yeah, have a, yeah, lo- for sure. I had a local comedian who was gonna come on last week on one of the other shows and he's like oh dude sorry i can't something happened with the wife i'm like dude take care of that like don't we i can handle the show we're yeah. good like you know like so i actually I get that. Uh,
1: just had to cancel uh MegaCon in orlando because i just like i was looking at the schedule and cave carson comes up uh cave carson has a cybernetic eye dc a uh, young animal book that i'm working on Ooh. uh it comes due at the end of the month every month like clockwork and we have no wiggle room at this point due to unforeseen stuff that happened like along the way yeah man that, be Superman. But we still we hit that deadline every single month but like So I know it's coming every single month. And like this time it happened to coincide with the Comic-Con. And I was just like, you know what? The book's got to come out on time. Like that's my top priority. You know, I I love going to shows and I love meeting fans and, and, you know, doing that whole thing. But at the end of the day, like the book needs to come out on time and that's my top priority
0: and that that's good that's good to have those like good worth x's actually i was going to ask because like coloring and stuff like that um <clears throat> what are some of like uh the stuff you use like do you use any like programs you like using like the digital paints or do you, yeah, do you like uh, to do things just like so normal
1: i don't know i don't know how how deep you want to you want to go on this oh, we stuff, can go but as deep like, as you want man okay so, that sounded like, a lot dirtier right than it need to be uh <laughs> Right now, like modern coloring is all Photoshop. It's, it's, and like everybody's got kind of different techniques within Photoshop, like in, for anyone that hasn't used Photoshop, basically there's like a hundred different ways to do everything. Yes. Uh, so there's that and that's kind of like where everyone's at. Um, and if you're not like full on painting a comic book like Alex Ross or something like that, Mm -hmm. uh, pretty much it's all Photoshop, but Uh, the way it used to be when I first got in the industry in like Oh three, I was working for a studio called Xylenol with, uh, Lee Larridge. Um, and we would do this thing called seps. We were doing, uh, separations for, uh, a hundred bullets and why the last man, those were like the last two, like holdout books from DC as far as I know. Oh, shit! yeah. Yeah. Where, so the colorist would get pages in the mail, uh, physical pages, that were they kind of felt like um not really paper but not really money it kind of had like a fabric feel to it something in between paper and money um it would soak up ink really well so it basically the colorist would by any means necessary color those pages so it'd be like inks markers you know like whatever you got Mm -hmm. like it put it on the page and then some colorists would make notes for the color within the pages, like with uh, they'd match it to a Pantone uh, and then be like, okay, for the separator, like this is what this color is in this Pantone guide, so that you have it on hand, and then they would pass that physical page to a what's called a separator, and the separator would essentially like pin it up next to his monitor and then like prep it for print. Oh, so for a long time, that's what was, that's what was happening within comics. And then, you know, like the tech got better and better and better. And, you know, like people were able to FTP files, uh, over the internet and like, Photoshop thing. <laughs> yeah. And Photoshop got really good and really fast. And then like this kind of old way kind of fell, fell apart. Uh, the i i just bought actually a bunch of seps from uh Patricia Mulville uh for an old Wonder Woman story where she's with Etrigan and uh Phantom Stranger oh. uh yeah yeah it's and and they're beautiful pages that like so every once in a while you can see on eBay which no one should bid on because I'm probably bidding on them as well uh, <laughs> these these beautiful pages from like older colorists uh and you get like this inside it's like it's kind of original art and kind of not because it's it's not the stuff that saw print but it is kind of yeah you know know what i mean yeah yeah it's kind of like when uh, i
0: think it happened a while ago where like somebody said they were somebody was drawing on like just sketches on stuff and when they flipped it over there was like all these other things that like never got released like it was character ideas and stuff and you're like oh and a lot of people would auction that stuff off for charity but yeah stuff like that where you're like it is original artwork but it was stuff that it's almost like things that were supposed to be in the like the movie but they were cut or they didn't fit right, or like you know exactly. so it's like it's the,
1: these like weird it's deleted scenes of comic books <laughs> and you know if you're looking for something colorful to put on your wall too it's like an interesting way to buy original art without like and they're they're usually pretty cheap on, or on the cheaper side compared to like original originals yeah. like you know uh so if you look for older colorists like uh, Matt Hollingsworth and Patricia Mulville and God, I don't know. Lee Lowridge did a, did a ton of them. He had stacks of them in the studio when I was working there. Oh, wow. Uh, and, and, you know, they're like beautiful pieces. So I would encourage everyone to check them out and then not bid on them. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You heard that no bidding. Yeah, Yeah. Nick's going to want that stuff. Y'all are on notice.
0: I'm going to put it this way. If you bid, I I won't be able to hunt you down or track you down, or I won't be able to do anything (laughs) like that. But I'll just be very... I'll be very disappointed. That's what I'm
1: going to say. Look, I have a particular set of skills. It's <laughs> mostly Photoshop. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, I have a particular set of skills. If I don't like anything you do, I
0: will take your picture and I will put a dick in your mouth. That's how good yeah,
1: I am. <laughs> yeah. Whoa, 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 whoa! <laughs> if I knew it was going to be that kind of podcast. <laughs> oh <fuck> no! <laughs> oh shit!
0: Sorry. Um, jump the boat on that one. Looks like yeah, I gotta, I gotta go now. Uh, <laughs> Didn't know someone's going to be photoshopping that stuff. I'm out. Um. <laughs> No, that's really cool. It's so funny with, to me when I always see like the Photoshop, like what people can do, because like you said, a hundred different ways you could do things oh, in, yeah. in Photoshop, and it, it just, just amazes me because I was using like Illustrator uh, to do a lot of my like comics because mine were just like little like three-panel things and stuff like that. But like yeah. everyone's all like, I was like, oh, that looks really cool. How'd you do that? Oh, Photoshop, and I'm like,
1: how? Like I'm like, I use Photoshop yeah, for like basic stuff. It's crazy that like I've been doing Photoshop. I've been using Photoshop for close to 15 years now and i still learn shit oh yeah (laughs) there's still stuff under the hood that i have not touched so
0: it's always yeah that's what amazes me especially when someone's like oh you especially when you're doing something for such a long time someone's like oh you know you can just do this and like hit like control something you're like what yeah
1: you fall into a rut like very very (laughs) quickly you fall you find your method and you do that yeah And, and then i look at like uh uh tamara's colors on like uh wayward or something like that and and she'll send me like i'll see a file and it's like you know 40 layers and she's using sliders and masking and i'm like i'm like why are you killing yourself doing this stuff <laughs> like i work on like a single layer like done deal pages done yeah know? oh my god yeah it's so, uh, just yeah, yeah. it's just like different a different approach for a different like different people no, and
0: that's what I'm saying. Like, that's what I think is so cool about, it. and that's why I always like artists and like colorists and like you know anybody who's creative because they always look at something with a different approach and try something. I mean, like you said, like uh, prime example with Tom McFarlane's uh, Spider Man. You know, yeah, he, he talked in an interview. He's like, yeah, Peter Parker's okay, but I want to focus more on the spider. So he's like, I gave him bigger eyes, I gave him more webbing, yeah. I gave him and feature on that. And now that's like the Spider Man like everybody knows today, where yeah. like he was the main. You know, like oh, I'm just gonna tweak. A f- Character's still the same. I'm just tweaking a few things, and now that's the standard now. Like everyone draws Spider-Man with huge eyes. Everyone draws Spider-Man like doing crazy poses and stuff like that. So it's just kind of funny just taking a character and twisting it just a just a bit, and it just like holy crap, this is amazing. Yeah. Um, So I'm trying to think. So you you um you actually you had a book that you're working on that you wanted to plug, and I want to let you plug away on that one.
1: Uh, yeah. So uh so like I said before, that like, you know. Uh, put things in your pull list that you want to continue. It's like doubly true for anything like a little bit independent, like anything that like Marvel and DC, like you should buy Marvel and DC books. I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is, is like if you love a book that's like an image book or an Oni Press book, or whatever, like, that should be in your pull list, and you should be waving that flag. Like, anytime anyone's like, hey, what should I read? You should be like, here you go. You know, like, this is what you want. And uh, I'm working on a book right now with Oni called Heartthrob, and I feel the same way. Like, I'm like, waving the fucking flag. Uh, Everyone should pick up Heartthrob. It's a, like, it's a heist book set in the 70s that is masquerading as a heist book but is also kind of a romance book Ooh. it is about uh, Callie who uh, gets one of the first heart transplants in the 70s and she starts to see the guy whose heart it is um, And she so she sees this guy Mercer and because she's led a very like sheltered life because she's had a heart defect mm-hmm. uh, she's like very innocent very vulnerable uh, very naive to the world and he is like she falls totally in love with him and he's like Yo, you got to quit your job. Like, fuck this shit. Like, we're going to get my old crew back together. He's a con man and a thief. He's like, we're going to get my old crew. I'm going to teach you how to steal. We're going to start robbing banks. We're going to start – you're going to start living life on your own terms. And it's a book for anyone who's ever wanted to, like, flip the desk at their work and, like, run off with with someone in a relationship (laughs) and be like, fuck this shit. You know, like (laughs) – Okay, that's – I like that. That's actually kind of really cool. So it's – so
0: the to book. me, it's almost like, okay, so do you ever heard of, like, Lupin the Third?
1: Oh, yeah, man. I, I watched uh, some Lupin the Third cartoons when I was in uh, uh, high school way back when.
0: Yeah, so it almost sounds like that where you, like, have a crew. It's like a, it takes yeah. place in a certain time period, but instead you're kind of flipping the script where it's like instead of him being obsessed with somebody, you're having this girl, like, falling for
1: this, like, bad person now. Yeah, so I, so I, do, that, I do like that. The rest The rest of the crew can't see Mercer at all. Uh, But Callie can and Callie's in a relationship with him. And it also gets into like, you know, this relationship is like volatile, Mm -hmm. you know, like like it's it's not a we're going to respect each other's boundaries kind of kind of thing. And as Callie gets more and more fiercely independent, she also kind of like is kind of done with Mercer at some point. And then it's like, how do I get away from this guy? He's like my heart. Yeah, you know. So it's it's uh we did uh season 1 uh and you know like we I haven't spoiled anything for season 1. Okay. Uh like it's set in the 70s. Uh Bowie shows up, yes. uh Elton John shows up. They go to a Blondie show at CBGB's. Uh they attempt to take the till of a Fleetwood Mac concert. <laughs> uh yeah, you know, like it's it's a it's a rad book. If you have any love for 70s culture and and that sort of thing, this book is also for you. Ooh. Uh, so uh, the first trade is 10 It It's out right now uh, through Oni. And the final order cutoff for the first issue for Season 2 is at the end of this month. Okay. So- Everyone should check it out. Everyone should put it put it in their poll boxes because it is a rad book. It, it's for people who have backslidden toxic relationships. It is for people who want to give their finger to their boss at work. It is for people who uh love heist books. It is for people who love romance books. It's for people who love 70s books. It's it's a rad, rad book that everyone should check out.
0: That does sound like that sounds amazing. Now, very curious. Okay, so like here in like this like about this. Now, have you ever like thought about like anything you worked on if anyone approached you because I know like we talked earlier like you're like, yeah, some movies are great, but some movies are like meh, you know, you, you wanted something more. If if anybody approached you to be like, we'd like to take this property and turn it into, you know, such uh, and such, would you be all like, I have hey, to have this much of
1: Let me let me be up front with you. If anyone is looking to buy properties of mine, I have crippling student loan debt. <laughs> <laughs> and i will agree <laughs> <laughs> okay fair enough perfect yeah. yeah yeah i'll be straight with you i need the cash pay okay
0: <laughs> hey you know what this is what we do on long box Cast. we give the truth we we let people know exactly it's all you know what i'm going to be honest someone could be like hey do you want to do this would be like yeah i don't have any money i'm like
1: look, i don't <laughs> look if you go to shows like the guys behind the table probably all and girls probably all have if they are under 40 they have crippling student loan debt you should buy something i'm not saying you know you gotta like high roller dish out thousands i'm just saying if you like their work you should buy something because they need it yes
0: yes <laughs> no i highly i highly always recommend that especially when people of course like i think in a couple of weeks here we're gonna have the phoenix comic-con oh uh, yeah i believe it's next actually yeah actually when this episode releases it should be this that weekend um but yeah, so like every time I see like local artists, every time I see those kind of yeah, people, I mean, they,
1: especially they like, put out so much good stuff. Yeah. indie indie artists, every time I'm at a show, like the last hour, hour and a half, I'll walk around artist alley and try to find just like somebody making a zine or somebody making like something that I haven't haven't seen in the shop or haven't seen uh, on Twitter or whatever and just like buy it, you know? Because those people, they need the support, and usually you can find like Diamond in the Rough stuff. Like everybody's got to start somewhere. And I feel like part of the thrill of a Comic Con is like you go and you find like a hidden gem, and then that person in like, you know, seven years, ten years is like a superstar within comics, Mm -hmm. you know? And then you're like, oh, I got this thing from way back when. I, uh, speaking of that, the thing that springs to mind is um, I don't know if you're familiar with uh, Becky Kluman's work, but uh she did she writes southern cross uh she is an amazing artist i i can't think of anything off offhand that uh she hasn't done like regular comic work in uh in a while that's not uh writing but she does incredible incredible work she just did the promo for uh mocha for that for that show in new york city oh okay Uh, so she like way back in the day like early 2000s uh you could right to her P.O. box and then cut her a check and she would mail you zine comics so I have like these weird little zines about like a guy who drinks like these this like King Cobra 40 and then his like soul patch comes to life and starts eating people because <laughs> like the 40 was expired or something. it's like weird weird oh, shit wow. that is like so good it's so good and and you're like so Becky Clunan's now this like superstar who's who's very very successful and his work is amazing. Her work is amazing, and like I have these little relics from mm. her past that are very neat, you know. Oh yeah. And when you go to a comic con, like in addition to seeing, uh, you know, the superstars that you want to see and like getting your books signed and like CGC graded, if that's your thing, uh, you know, like check out the indie stuff, check out, like, get off the beaten path a little bit, because uh, it'll pay off.
0: Yeah, you you find some great stuff and some cool artwork, and you're just like, oh my god, and actually a big thing you can do for a lot of people, because I know a lot of people do a lot of, like, fan art, where they're, like, it's, like, their version of a Superman, or this as a Spider-Man, and stuff of that. Yeah. A big thing, you want to, like, you want to brighten someone's day, be like, when you see that stuff, be like, oh, where's, like, where's any of your, like, original stuff? And you yeah, should see yeah. them pull out, like, a book and just be like, oh my god, check the like, right totally because most of the time it's like yeah i've seen superman i've seen spider-man but sometimes like you'll find stuff that people just like created on their own that hasn't done anything yet with it because again they just got out of school and have a uh, crippling student loans uh yeah, yeah so uh but yeah you want to make someone's day and then yeah just whether or not it's a pin or like you know a mini poster or something right,
1: like that right i'm not saying break the bank i'm saying if you if you see something you like i'm saying if you go to a comic-con you should be just a little bit looser with your money, just a just a little bit. Not, yeah. I'm not saying you know you should get the second mortgage or whatever. Just like you know, you see a print, you see a pin, it's like five bucks, ten bucks, whatever. Like you should probably pick it up.
0: Yeah, but those that's that's kind of stuff. Cool. So actually, speaking of like comic cons and stuff like that, do you have any upco- I know you said you had to cancel the one because of the one book you're uh,
1: on, but yeah, I'll 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 be at Heroes Comic Con in uh in Charlotte. Uh. That show is incredible. For anyone who hasn't gone to that show, uh, it is a lot of comic shows these days, I I feel like are comics and movies or comics and video games. And if you're like a straight up, like I love comics fan, like Heroes is for you. Uh, Heroes is it's a huge artist alley. Every year I hear uh, vendors complain that they're not making any money at all, which is kind of amazing because usually <laughs> those guys clean up but like you know at that show everyone who's there is there to buy original art everyone who's there like loves comics everyone who's there is digging through back issues uh it's an amazing amazing show for anyone who loves comics and everybody that like is active in the in the comic maxine and is going to shows usually goes to that show. So if you're trying to get books signed, if you're trying to get, you know, commissions or you're trying to get sketches, like that is your show. You should be going to that show. Okay. So yeah, I can't, I can't speak of that show like highly enough. It's, um, I think it's the second weekend in June coming up. Okay. So not a lot of heads up, but next year you should, you should go to that. No, we'll definitely. Well, actually, um, yeah, you
0: know what? I probably could. That's actually, uh, uh, it's actually pretty doable. I need to start actually doing see you that there. more. Yeah, actually, you know what? I I think yeah, I think I'm gonna shoot for that next year. I'll see if uh, I'll see if Kyle Kyle wants to come along as well or whatnot. But yeah, yeah. definitely. Uh, if
1: I only do if I only do one show a year, I do that show. Okay. That'd be yeah. actually no that would be great because then if I could
0: meet you in person or it'd be awkward where you'd be like I didn't have a great time on the show I really hope he doesn't come
1: <laughs> my career tanked after that <laughs> god, show god,
0: oh I my was too real you have no idea how bad I would feel if that happened if you oh, I, I just see in the news would be oh, like upcoming man, upcoming boy, look, boy. heartthrob failed after being on really bad podcast yeah, yeah, I' be like yeah, oh yeah. my god it destroyed someone's career this
1: is not what I People wanted to are do canceling their orders in the long box so I'm just questioning everything
0: you're like well, uh. let's you're like let's see everything was going good and then I did oh uh, no. yeah that fucking podcast yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, i'm gonna apologize in advance if i done actually to be, actually, to be fair i don't no, think I don't, no, I, don't, I, don't, fine.
1: I don't think that's ever happened so um let me let me in, uh, let you in on a little secret yeah. uh about uh comic book freelancers we're all like emotionally prepared to flip burgers at any moment <laughs> <laughs> like basically i've been doing i've been so i've been doing this job now, since like 2003, 2004, and like my mentality has been like, okay, in six months, I won't have a job for like 15 years, oh, wow. <laughs> you know. Like, it, it is, it's because it's a weird thing when you're like, okay, uh, like especially so. I'm doing a run on Deadpool that I just signed on for, uh, it's 287 to 291. Okay, and I have been like they keep like hiring me on like a single issue of deadpool a single issue of deadpool which is great but it's like when you try to like plan your finances when you're trying to be like am i gonna work in two months it's like oh yeah yeah whatever (laughs) like i could be flipping burgers in six months you never know and i feel like that that mentality kind of like it It is hard to kick once it's in there, especially when you're starting, too, because you don't start by working on Deadpool. You start, like, you know, grinding it out. Yeah, you, you know? start,
0: like, with comics that, like, no one's ever heard of or, like, trying right. to piece something right. together. And it's yeah, all, like, like, Koopa Man. Uh, you're
1: like, what? Uh, my, first is are, okay. my first books are NYC Mech. Uh, through image and grounded through image in like 2004 and I challenge anyone to find those and bring them to a show and have me sign them uh, because like, you know, nobody ever, nobody ever heard of it. Nobody ever bought it. it, it they're just out there, you know? Yeah. Uh, but yeah. So uh, you know, like, the grind kind of like seeps into you and you, you kind of enter this emotional space where you're like, this is working for now. And then like you blink and 15 years go by and you're like, I guess this is a career now.
0: <laughs> so, the, the, so the other question, so you're working on that stuff. Do you like just every like once a week, do you just cook burgers? Be like, I got to keep this game up because you get, never know.
1: Skill. No, <laughs> actually the last time I, I tried to cook a burger, uh, I accidentally set a small fire in the kitchen. I'm not good in the kitchen. Is what oh, I'm wow. Saying. <laughs> and uh, my fiance banned me from the kitchen. So, you know, oh, man. and probably for good reason, you know, we want shelter. So no, that's you know.
0: and that's good. Well, no, it it happens. I mean, I I ended up like literally just started learning how to cook like last year. So I've oh. I've been doing pretty good. Actually, I was actually very surprised. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, OK, I mean, it's nothing I can do a career with. So but it, you never know sure. if we if we both end up in the same crossroads, you might see me flipping right, burgers,
1: right. flipping burger, Yeah, we're going to be grill mates. <laughs> oh,
0: my God. that's a new series. Grill mates. <laughs> when,
1: when, when you Grillmates, have it's, it's an entire restaurant filled with failed people in the comic industry. <laughs>
0: And the tagline is uh, cr- "a crippling student loans." <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. They're they're gonna they're gonna give you a burger, but they're also gonna give you their pitch pages. Yeah, <laughs> they're like, oh yeah, ordered... what is this? It'd be like, come on, I didn't... It's like, like a... it's like Stan At Lee's least... like, I don't
0: want this. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, he's like, fuck comics.
0: Yeah, <laughs> it's all about movies and cameos, kids. Yeah, 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 That's exactly. takes off. That's where
1: the money is. <laughs> yeah. The cameos. <laughs> oh man, I, so. Uh I don't know if you if you go to a lot of shows uh if you've had your own Stanley cameo but uh last Emerald City Comic Con I I was invited to a young animal colorist breakfast Ooh. and I was up early for it cuz you got to get up early before the show starts and uh it was emailed to me and outlook does this weird thing where like if you're west coast it'll like send you the time but it'll translate the time for east coast and then i had to like translate it back for emerald city and i was like like all fucked up so i was like a little early yeah uh, and i was sitting in the lobby and i'm just like browsing on my phone it's like nobody's up the lobby's empty and i hear this voice And I'm like, who the fuck is – it? like, I recognize that voice. And then I see Stan Lee just talking about, like, breakfast, rolling by on a rascal scooter. (laughs) He he just, like, rolls by right in front of me, like, looks at me. I nod at him. He nods at me. And he just keeps rolling, never stops. And I was just like, that was my my Stan Lee cameo. That's amazing. And the fact that he was on a scooter,
0: too, just like – Yeah, yeah. Like (laughs) oh spider friend and then just takes off you're like yeah yeah well i I don't know when this breakfast is happening but that just filled me up with joy so yeah
1: yeah it was amazing
0: uh now i want that oh now i want a miniseries of just him just riding around like (laughs) yeah i
1: I feel like uh, if you are in the comics industry and you go to enough shows, eventually you will have your Stanley cameo.
0: Oh, <laughs> I like that. Yeah, no, I have to, I have to, I have to branch out more to other stuff here. But I think the biggest thing we've gone to is like, yeah, the Phoenix Comic Con. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, I just, just you know, like you say, scheduling and stuff like that is just like trying to find yeah. the
1: time and. Yeah, I don't, I don't fault you. I love video games and I love gaming and I would love to go to a Gen Con, but I am going to so many comic cons that it's like really difficult to, to like justify doing more conventions. You know what yeah. I mean? Like at some point I need to spend time with my family.
0: <laughs> yeah. That's always a big thing. You know? Oh, and you mentioned video games, which uh, speaking of which I do do a video game podcast as well. Oh yeah. So now I'm curious. Okay. So what, what are you, what, what are you into? Like, what's uh, like your, well,
1: I just picked up, uh, are you familiar with a uh, limited run? Who does like the PS4 limited run uh, uh, print runs of like uh, store games? Uh, Do you know about this? No, no, no. So, like, stuff that doesn't get, like, an actual physical release, like, little, uh, like, indie games in the store. Okay. We'll get, we'll get a physical release through this company called Limited Run. Oh. And it'll be a small run and then discontinued, you know? Oh. And for a long time, I, I chronically... Uh, buy the wrong handheld i've been doing it since i was a kid i bought an atari Lynx. i bought a sega game gear i've i've bought a wonder swan i've bought a neo geo pocket color oh my god like i just cannot get on board with nintendo for some reason i can't just realize that like nintendo makes good handhelds and i should just buy that Uh, (laughs) so uh they uh they do they were for a long time were the only ones supporting the vita uh, like really nothing was coming out except for limited run stuff. Yeah. And I just picked up, uh, a Flint hook through them, which is like a little, uh, like grappling hook game, like oh, in okay. the vein of Bionic Commando. Oh but, yeah. yeah. Uh, but I mean, I play because, you know, like I'm doing comics most of the time. I play a lot of stuff. Like I'm playing Zelda breath of the wild. Oh, I love uh, that. I'm right chipping now. away at that. Uh, and then like, I don't have a lot of time to play. Like I would love to play, um, uh, destiny and overwatch, but I just don't, I can't, I just can't, I can't open that can of worms. No,
0: I totally understand that. Like, like breath of the wild has been like the biggest thing for me right now. As soon as I got the yeah. switch, that's like, I mean, I did pick up the, the Mario Kart and played a little of that, but it's like literally just went back to the breath of the yeah. wild because there's so much you can like do. In yeah, it.
1: I, I picked up breath of the wild. And then I realized that if you played twilight princess and you have like the little wolf link, um, uh, amiibo, you get him in the game and he hunts for you and stuff. So I actually, I played through about, uh, I beaten two of the divine beasts and like, I just found the master sword. I'm trying to get hearts like I'm grinding shrines to get hearts to pull the master sword. And I've literally stopped that game dead in its tracks to play through twilight princess now in order to get the wolf wolf uh amiibo and like get that in the game Uh,
0: no 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 i totally agree with you because i thought about that too i actually pulled out my the the zelda with uh for the the twilight princess one for the uh the wii u when it came out again and I was doing that because I put that amiibo down. I was like, "Oh, can we get the wolf?" And then I read up. It's like, "Oh, well, if you have this many hearts with that game, that's what you're." I'm yeah, Like, yeah. oh, I got to build up my heart because I went back to that one. I'm like, "Oh, wow, that's right. I've only completed like two like trials in the in the Twilight Princess HD one. I remember beating it like yeah. on the GameCube and stuff, but it was
1: just like, oh crap. I I picked it up for the GameCube, but then I uh. If a game doesn't grab my attention in the first, like, hour, because I have so much other stuff on my plate, mm-hmm. it, it, gets, it gets tossed aside. So uh, that game has, like, this notoriously long, long tutorial. And because of yeah. that, I never actually got into it. Uh, so it's like one of the few Zeldas that I haven't played, so I'm actually excited that Breath of the Wild not only gave me Breath of the Wild, but is letting me play some Twilight Princess as well. That is good.
0: Um, Actually, you think – so yeah, I do agree with you with that tutorial thing, but you think that tutorial was bad? The one – what was it? It was Skyward Sword Legend of Zelda. That tutorial oh was god, really yeah. horrible. Oh my god, yeah.
1: Oh my god. Yeah, I – the Skyward Sword uh, had the unfortunate time of also coming out at the same time as Skyrim. Yes. So I was, I was like, oh, I'll play a little Zelda, and then I'll try Skyrim, and then Skyrim just took over my life. Yeah,
0: no, <laughs> and it, it was so dumb with me because I remember having Skyrim for the 360, and then when they re-released it, I was like, yeah, I'll get it again, and I got it. I'm like, why am I doing this again? Like, I've already beaten yeah. it on the 360, but I'm like, it's Skyrim, so I don't care. So.
1: Right. Yeah. You're just gonna like. I guess I'm just. This is just me for the next hundred hours. Yeah. This is my life
0: again. <laughs> um. But yeah. Yeah, so that's great though. Um, I love that kind of stuff. Yeah, I'm always curious about that. With the actually, well, maybe this is maybe this is. I know, I know you're hesitant, but but maybe with Nintendo's new 2DS, that's going to be coming out, which is exactly like the 3DS, yeah, yeah, but yeah. minus that. Maybe I
1: actually, that... I did pick up a 3DS. Oh, okay. I picked up the Vita. I played everything there was to play on the Vita, and then I was like, well. Pff- I guess I'm getting a 3DS. <laughs> well
0: that's cool, but yeah, I've never heard of that, the limited run thing. So that's actually that's actually cool because not too yeah, many people you check
1: out check out their website. Uh usually stuff sells out very quickly and you can only really get it on eBay, but uh for you know a costly inflated price. But occasionally there'll be like an eShop uh game that I think is really good and uh you know like it'd be nice to have a physical release. I'm I'm also uh I'm trying to let go of this now that I'm in my thirties, but I was for the long time in my twenties, I was like a total fucking pack rat. Like <laughs> every, like I was collecting, I was collecting magic cards, board games, uh, uh, yeah. you know, video games. I, you know, and I was collecting, it was just total fucking madness. I, I was like any total, any video game that came across my path I was buying. Yeah. And it was like, I was buying, you know, super Nintendo games, like boxed Nintendo games. I was buying PS two games. I was just like all over the fucking place. Uh, and and maybe this impulse contributed to my crippling student loan debts. Perhaps, perhaps I should not have been doing this. (laughs) You know what? You're pretty
0: sure the right. Actually, you could actually see where I'm looking at right now. I literally have my entire collection of like games and everything like where where I'm at in my living room. And it's like all my pop vinyls and stuff like that. So I,
1: I, yeah, yeah. I, I totally know know what you're talking about. Look, collectors follow your heart. I'm not going to say don't do that. But now that I'm in my thirties, I'm like coming to grips with the fact that like, I, I went through my PS2 collection and I cut like 30 RPGs out of there because I'm like this, these 30 RPGs are probably like 30,000 hours worth of content mm-hmm. that I am never going to get rid to. Yeah, I'm just like, I would rather do comics than sit down and play 30,000 hours of RPGs. And that's like that's like one of the realities of my time. And this is the other thing, too, uh, and why you should champion the comics that you love is because comics are now fighting for space, like for someone's attention and free time with like Netflix and, you know, uh, video games and with movies and like all media, you know, like so. You know, and then on top of that, you need to take your promotional code and pre-order your $4 comic book down at your local comic book store. And it's like trying to convince somebody to do that over like, well, I could just sit on my couch and watch Netflix. (laughs) It's like really difficult. So you should champion if you love a comic book. I, I cannot stress this enough. If you love a comic book, you should champion it.
0: Period. No, yeah, no, definitely. Go down to your local comic store, uh, pre-order, do everything you can. Because, yeah, but you're highly right. You know, you come home from work or you come home doing whatever you need to do and you're, like, sitting there on the couch going, like, well, yeah, Netflix is just so much easier instead of leaving the house yeah. or, like, doing something. So, yeah, but yeah. – but yeah, no, support your local comic book shops. I, I highly recommend, I mean, we used to have, oh fuck, Um, what was it? It was called uh, Atomic Comics, was like a big, yeah. big comic book store out here, no more, gone. Like, no I would more? say Yeah, it's oh, Atomic Comics, is, is, yeah. like, And that was like the comic book shop I grew up in, like that when I was little, it was like always Atomic Comics, and there was a few, I mean, we do have other like stores out here, but I remember like.
1: Yeah, I have, I have a, there's a couple of stores, there's like. Two little independent stores that I've both came and went in the uh, five years that I've been in North Central Florida, and then a uh, my regular shop. I you know I talked to the guy and the guy's like, yeah, like fifteen percent of our business is comics. Like comics are just not on his radar. And if you don't put something in your pull box, like he won't get it. So it's it's not a shop that you can like really go in and browse. Like really, that shop survives on Warhammer and Magic cards uh oh well, is what? so I Warhammer mean? still going on oh yeah oh shit. Oh okay. yeah my one of my neighbors like <laughs> i started playing magic with him yeah one of my neighbors and he was like you should also get into warhammer and i'm like do not put that evil on me oh yeah you know like i can only maintain one vice at a time
0: <laughs> thank you yeah i hate when people do that you're doing something like oh you're really like this here's and like no
1: stop no yeah no I'm sure I would love this. I cannot emotionally like you know bind myself to another thing. Yeah, well, with the what was it the
0: yeah those would like those are like the figurines and stuff that would even pull you even more because you could be like oh I can mm-hmm. totally paint this. I'm a colors. I know how to make. Yeah, like, exactly. And it's like hey, and do those pages get done, hole, yeah. and then everything's late. Did you get those? Uh, did you get those pages done? Uh, no? no i was coloring no, this figure I, no.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I have another vice um
1: yeah but, but so yeah, I, sorry
0: no i totally agree with you like a lot of people do that to me like i have so much crap like that i'm into that i like doing and things like that and people are like oh here's it i'm like i don't have time for that like yeah I'm like, do you have the and, cliff
1: notes version uh <laughs> yeah and i feel like there's a lot of potential comic book readers out there who are in the same boat and i totally get it but you know if you champion comics loud enough they will eventually pick them up they will eventually get into it and once you get into comics i feel like you're hooked because oh yeah there's stuff out there for everybody
0: mm-hmm. you know no, whatever totally, you yeah. want
1: to read about is out there
0: yeah there's so many like good like stories and things like that like it was funny like uh, you know a huge rebranding that dc just did uh, you know, the, yeah. the, the the new 252s, which actually I picked up a little bit and was reading that for a bit. And actually, yeah. it reimagined stuff for me, like with the Flash and stuff. Like, I'm like, I knew he could run really fast. He had all these things. But then they, like, broke it down where you're like, oh, that's how he sees the world and stuff like that. You know, it was kind of, like, interesting. And then they rebooted it again with the oh, – what is it doing now? It's like the re- Rebirth. There we go.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, and... uh, one of my buddies uh, in Philly, this guy Chris, uh, never really read comics. And – New 52 came out and he was like, oh, I've, I've, you know, like watched some of the shows. Like maybe I'll, maybe I'll jump in on this. And now that motherfucker is like all in, he is like DC up and down the line. Like he picks it, he picks it all up. He started buying action figures. He loves it. And I feel like that's the thing is like, you got to find a good jumping on point and you got to find like what the person wants and that's all you need. Mm -hmm. Like they'll, they'll do the rest. Yeah, Yeah. You introduce them well enough. Uh, and they will, they will pick it up. They will come to the shop. No, yeah, it's
0: great. Like, if you want to get people into comic books and stuff like that, like everyone always is like, "Oh, what, what should I read?" And I literally like, I'll pick out something that I'm like, "Here, check this out." And it's always like, because everybody usually kind of goes to their defaults of like, "Oh, you should check out, you know, Batman: The Killing Joke," which, yes, great right. book and everything like that. Sure. Um,
1: I would never give The Killing Joke to a new reader. By no. The way. <laughs> no. Well, I know, like some people just
0: be like, "Oh, here's this and here's that," but then like I literally would grab stuff. Be like, actually, one thing I was like, I wasn't a huge like Superman. Like, I respect Superman stuff, but not, like, I'm like, he's too invincible, blah, 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 you know. But I was like, oh, but this one comic that I read of his, like, action, like, comic, it was, like, uh, I think it was part of the new 252, um and i was like i gave it to i was like oh check this one out because it was it redefined superman as the fact that, like he knew he had superpowers and he can pretty much do all this like stuff which was kind of badass yeah. where he was almost all like this, like grabs a guy jumps off a building and the guy thinks he's going to like smash him and then he saves him at the last minute but he admits like to all of his crimes i'm like wow but superman just became like batman this was kind of like yeah, yeah, cool yeah. so it was kind of a new twist on it so Uh, you know it's it's just funny but yeah like uh, it's always fine always find something obscure like a big thing i love is like what was it uh jonah jonah vasquins his like johnny the homicidal maniac and yeah 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 uh, the invader zim stuff so that that i sure i usually like people like i love invader
1: zim i'm like here read this and they're like what the hell you know uh and you know like i feel like there's something for everybody and you know they might not want superman batman you know spider-man but they may want scott pilgrim versus the world yeah you know, like like that's another like classic book that i feel like you know person who doesn't like comic books might really love mm-hmm. you know that they're that they don't necessarily get exposed to and if you love it and you think they would love it you should champion it you know
0: yeah no definitely everybody like just, yeah, just what we're just saying is just read more and help Nick get right. out of uh, crippling a student debt. <laughs> <that>, uh, <laughs>
1: yeah, I mean, but full disclosure, you know, I wouldn't want to do anything else. I love comic books. Yeah. I, I just, I, uh, I just love them. They're great. No, it's awesome, man. I,
0: I, I think that's like, this is, oh man. Yeah. We talk so much and everything like that, uh, but yeah. So, um, I don't know, I don't know how, how late you need to, if you need coloring or you need to finish your equipment. yeah
1: i gotta get back to work on this deadpool oh no that's
0: <laughs> what that oh my god I, I might have to take that sound bite and just be like from nick i have to get back i'm like "We well, you know a guy worked yeah. on deadpool haha <laughs> um but
1: nick i do want to thank you for but, uh, uh, oh no go ahead let me let me quickly plug the books that i have coming out uh i literally was uh, just gonna do that <laughs> I was if like, nick, before you go go ahead and plug away <laughs> Okay. If you're into DC books, uh I have American Way coming out with uh George Genty and John Ridley. Uh they did that was an original Wildstorm book from like oh six. Oh wow. Uh, it was set in the sixties, it's now set in the seventies. It's gonna be coming out through DC comics. I also have Cave Carson Has a Cybernetic Eye with written by Jared Way uh, and John Rivera, drawn by Michael Evan Oming of Powers Fame. I also color powers. Uh Are you serious? oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So we do we do Cave Carson as a cybernetic eye. It's this like psychedelic like weird weird book. It's set in the DCU, so we get to do all this like fun DCU stuff. Like Superman shows up in it. Uh, but it's stars like DC's premier geologist. He's a Silver Age character. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, it's yeah. a wild book. Oh, if you're sounds- into stuff that's a little off the beaten path, but still like within the DC wheelhouse, that is your book oh, for amazing. sure. amazing. Uh, Oni of course has Heartthrob coming out. Uh, I'm doing a book with uh, Skybound with Peter Kowalski and Brandon uh, Severt. And we, uh, it's like, I think I'm on issue six, and then we're going to solicit. I don't know if it's been announced yet, but you should keep your eye out for it. Uh, Deadpool uh, 287 to 291 is coming out. I also did Deadpool uh, 2099. In, if, so if you have the single issues, come bring them. I, I will sign them at shows. And uh, lastly, The Realm with uh, Jeremy Hahn and Seth Peck. Is coming out through Image, and uh, check it out when it hits dance.
0: Very nice, very nice, uh, Nick. Of course, if people are looking to find you on the interwebs or want to like tweet you or anything that, where can they find
1: you? Uh, they can find me making terrible jokes on my Twitter at Nick Phil and I C K F I L. And if they want to see just art and no terrible jokes. They could find me on my Instagram at nick underscore filardi. Okay, I'll have to follow you now on Instagram. So you might be getting a yeah. lot of. You might be getting.
0: I might become. I might light stock you. We'll. we'll yeah, we'll yeah. See. Um, uh, you I'm might right get. You it. might get sick of me pretty quickly. We'll find out. <laughs> um, but I want to thank you for being on the show and everything. And I will say this: uh, anytime you want to come back on, if you're like, "Hey, I want to plug something," or you just want to chit chat or whatnot," just hit me up. We'll set yeah. it up. If you enjoyed yourself, if you didn't enjoy yourself, I apologize immensely. <laughs> I'm going to apologize to all your <laughs> the fans right now. Thanks. Yeah, if you the know. career is tanked, then I apologize. You know what? If the career is <laughs> tanked, then I will make sure you. I will. I will. I will have you and your uh, fiance come live with me, and yeah, I'll support yeah. you guys. it on the
1: couch. Yeah, I feel like <laughs> I'm sorry.
0: I'll, I'll make sure I'll make things better for you. Um, but uh, I apologize. But thank you, thank you for coming on. I, I had a blast. Well, this was fun. And, uh, yeah, so, yeah, whenever – if you ever want to come back or you have anything else you want to plug or if you have other people like, hey, so-and-so wants to come on your show, feel free to send them our way. We do.
1: I'll keep it in mind.
0: We're very, very easy, open going. But, yeah, so that's going to wrap up this episode of Long Box Cast. Of course, you know where you can find us on, you know, the 4i Radio Network. Uh, don't forget to check out all the other great shows on the 4i Radio Network. You can find us also on Twitter and Instagram at LongboxCast, all one word, very easy to find. And, uh, yeah, Kyle usually says this, but I'm going to have to say it, so uh, Cast. Too many issues for a short box.